But we're glad that you made it this morning. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us, and, and that's why we're here. That's uh, that's the only reason we're here. So I hope that uh, I hope that you get that, and uh, I hope I hope more than anything that you get Jesus. That's that's what we want more than anything. We don't want you to get you know whether you liked it or not and all that stuff. I know that's pro- probably anti you know what you may, may maybe I should say. I don't know. I, I don't think so though. I, I think I think the best thing that I can say is that we want you to get Jesus. Uh, we want you to know him. We want you to have a relationship with him. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's that's my prayer this morning. Uh, even as as we uh, are going to stay, we're going to study through. Uh, we're going to study through the book of Jonah uh, for a few weeks, uh, if uh, if you don't mind, before we get to uh, the the Christmas season, which is coming. Uh, and some of you have already shifted gears there, right? Let's just go ahead and see who's willing to admit I've already shifted gears to Christmas. Go ahead and raise your hand, Shelly. Anybody else? Who's listening to Christmas music already? If, you've list, if you're listening to Christmas music, you've shifted gears there. Has any, has, has any, we're already watching the Hallmark movies? Is that what, of all the things that you could have confessed to, that's the one you chose. Like, that's what we need is another movie with Mandy Moore, right? You know? And how do I know that, right? <laughs> One day I'll sing, sing y'all uh, a Mandy Moore song or something. <clears throat> I freaked our whole micro church out the other night. We went to a pizza place and we're hanging out and they had this thing in the back where you could like hook your phone up to it and play whatever you want to off of it, all this music. So we're playing all these songs and acting stupid or whatever. And so, of course, you got to take into context timing. So back in the day when I was a youth pastor, which was now 15 plus years ago, uh, you know, big, you know, music was different in some ways, in some ways it wasn't, uh, and uh, anyway, one of, one of the, I don't know why I'm, why I'm telling you guys this, uh, and so, I've already started, so I'm too far, and so anyway, one of the things that we would do, like on Wednesday nights, we had our, like, our, our students have fuel on Wednesday nights here, we did a service very similar to that. And, uh, and Ben and I were actually youth pastors together. He was my associate youth pastor. And, and, uh, and so, you know, we would do these services. A lot of times Ben would, most of the time, Ben would actually lead our, our music and stuff, and I would teach. And, but we'd do, you know, we're always looking for, like, ways to do stupid stuff in the service order. And we'd have, like, a welcome time. And during the welcome time, we'd, you know, I'd always have, like, songs queued up that were, like, stupid or silly or whatever. And, uh, and so one of the chosen songs that, that was in rotation for the welcome time that got in there was a Britney Spears song called Lucky. Don't act like you don't know this song. <laughs> and so anyway, long story short, uh, we, I, I don't think Ben took part in this at all, but uh, may have come up with a few little like moves, motions for like the chorus of that song. And we played dumb, like right all the way up to the chorus of the song. We'd be like, what is this song? And then we'd like bust out the moves, and I did this for our micro church the other night, and, and at, at one point at the very end, I looked up, and Matt Marcus was in the very back, and he was like, <laughs> and he was just standing there like he had walked back this into this, and oh, oh, well, no, 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 we can't, <laughs> no, we can't, we can't, we can't do it. It's too far away from the chorus right now, so, yeah. If you're good, maybe after at the end of the service, okay? So, <laughs> oh man, she's so lucky. 
She's a star. She cry, cry, cries with her lonely heart. All right. How about we learn about Jesus? If you got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're going to the Old Testament today, to the book of Jonah. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles. You see, I knew I'd get you out of this whole, like, rain's got me down thing, you know? Just got to give me a second. So, uh, but yeah, now we're going to go to the book of Jonah. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, get one from our ushers. If you don't own one, you can keep it. We'd love for you to have it uh, and consider it a gift. We'd love for you to be able to, to take that with you and, and be able to let God use that in your life. Uh, I've heard some amazing things that have happened in the lives of some people this week, uh, even just this morning, have heard, have heard a couple things of just what God's doing in their life, and uh, uh, salvation, people coming to Jesus, I mean, just cool stuff, cool stuff. And by the way, let me throw this out there too, and, and I'm reminded because a part of that story is because, and I didn't have anything to do with it, uh, but uh, whatever it's worth, this is like Pastor Appreciation Month or whatever. Uh, we have a lot of we have several pastors here at 24, and maybe maybe you're new, maybe you don't really know or whatever. Like, you know, most all of our pastors do something else to help, you know, provide and that kind of thing. And so uh, they're not here for the paycheck. Okay, they're here because they're called to a people, uh, and we're actually we're actually touching on that this morning in this passage. And so uh, you know, I just I say all that to just say say thank you to those guys. Say say thank you to. Uh, say thank you to our staff, uh, Miss Debbie, uh, Deb, uh, you know David, Penny, you know all the, all these folks, uh, Ben, Joey, uh, Nathan. Say 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 thank you. You know let let them know that you appreciate them, and you know if you really appreciate them, maybe you'll cook them a steak or something. I don't know. So, um, so this morning uh, we're gonna, we're gonna for the next couple of weeks, and and I'll just go ahead. I'll let the cat out of the bag. Here's here's what I want to do. Over the next few weeks. Uh, man, you got me all jacked up with the Britney Spears. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know. I don't even know why. I'm not even sure why I told that story. Uh, but anyway, uh, for the next few weeks, uh, we're going we're gonna to look through the book of Jonah. Uh, but here's, I'll just be honest, I'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Part of the purpose of why we're doing that is because I want us to kind of take a moment here as a church to focus on prayer. And that, that may seem strange because, you know, it's like Jonah and the whale and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's, there's, there's a couple of moments in the book of Jonah where we see Jonah get on his hands and knees before God and cry out to God. Um, and, and, and so to get there, we're, we're starting with the beginning of this book. And, and really, I th- I honestly, I think, it's, I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect the way it's laid out, uh, not because it's not perfect because it's God's Word, but I'm just talking about for us to study uh, for the next few weeks, because even, even this passage today, uh, if you're not familiar with the, with the story of Jonah, most people are like, oh, Jonah and the fish and all that kind of stuff, and, and you know that much, but there's backstory to it. There's more to it than that, and so uh, I want us to look at that together, and, and this morning we're going to look at that, and, and, and just in the, in the vein of just kind of thinking about that, I, I want you to kind of be aware uh, that we are going to be kind of honing in on what does it look like for us to pray? And maybe even a great question to ask right now is like, what's your prayer life look like? Like, what's it look like for you to pray? And, and for some people, you know, if you're just being honest, maybe, maybe you struggle, maybe you're not really good with praying, maybe you're like, oh, you know, can you remember the last time I prayed, or I prayed at church last week, or, uh, you know, or I prayed a couple times this week, or whatever, but, you know, just this thought of, you know, like pursuing God. You know, we, we talked a few weeks ago uh, well, last week about listening to God and pursuing God, and what's that look like for us? 
Uh, and, and so today, I want to kind of keep going with that. And this piggybacks on that, and it also piggybacks on another message that I did just before that, uh, where I talked about being faithful now. And, and so today, you know, very similarly, uh, we're talking about a calling that we have now, uh, and then, you know, keeping in mind this idea of, of prayer and what's it look like for us to meet with God. Uh, with God. I, you know, I think for so many folks, they struggle with prayer because they, you know, maybe just have never understood just the desire that God has for us to just know Him, to just talk to Him, to just have a relationship with Him. I mean, you, th- you think about that. I mean, think about that. Think about that for a minute. I mean, you know, I mean, we, when we have real relationships with other people, what do we, what do, we do? We, we call them, we text them, we, you know, all, all of these things, you know, we, we see them, we get together, we have lunch, you know. That's, that's the kind of stuff that we do with people that matter to us in our lives. And God wants us to come to Him and pray to Him and seek Him. And, and, and something amazing happens, folks, I'm telling you. Something amazing happens when we spend that kind of time with the Lord, seeking Him. Our hearts begin to change. He begins to soften our hearts. Our hearts start to look like His heart. You know how much better His heart is than my heart? My heart's like nasty, you know? I mean, my heart's nasty. I mean, like, it comes up with, like, sinful stuff all the time. Like, oh, yeah, think about this. You should do that. You know, whatever it is. And, and the truth is, it's like, then I spend time with the Lord, and then when I've spent time with the Lord, He fills me up and allows me to be able to see that I don't need a lot of those things in my life that I keep going back to and thinking, oh, yeah, that sounds good right now. And instead, I see more clearly that those things are bad for me and go, no, 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 I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that. So in light of that, I want us to look at the story of Jonah. And we won't see a whole lot of the prayer thing in the story of Jonah today, uh, but we will over the next few weeks. And so, uh, But I want us to read this today. Uh, I want to share a, a, a quote right before we get into this, and I think it's a, a great quote for us just to kind of have in the back of our heads uh, as we go into this. And it's from Jerry Bridges uh, from the book, The Practice of Godliness. And it says this, it says, Humility opens the way to all other godly character traits. It is the soil in which the other traits of the fruit of the Spirit grow. Let's say it again. Humility opens the way to all other godly traits. It is the soil in which other traits of the fruit of the Spirit grow. Humility. Humility is such a big piece of this that we would be willing to humble ourselves before God when we seek Him and, and, and looking, not, not going to Him just because we need something or we want something, but we realize that we do desperately need Him and we need His guidance. And, and that takes a humble heart. That's not a like, oh, I've got this figured out, God, but I'm going to come spend some time with you. No, that's a, that's a different thing. It's a, it's a humility thing. So anyway, uh, let's look at this. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. It says this. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, which means son of faithfulness, by the way, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down to it 
to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. So we'll stop right there. So Jonah, very first verse right there, if you didn't notice, and I kind of read it fast there, says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Now, man, I, I, don't, I don't know, like, you know, for you personally, how the Lord has spoken to you in your life. Uh, he has chosen to speak to me uh, through his word primarily. Uh, but at times, he has put things so deep as a passion on my heart that I know that, like, it's a leading of God that I can't ignore it kind of thing. We don't know exactly how Jonah heard from the Lord, but we know that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. He knew from the Lord something he was supposed to do. And it was, verse 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. God was sending Jonah to uh, this people in Nineveh. And Nineveh, Nineveh, it says, is a great city, and it was. It was a, you know, it was a kind of a, uh, a hub of a lot of things going on. And, and by the way, we're talking about an area that's like just north of Baghdad here, okay, to kind of give you, uh, you know, reference in the, on the world map today of where that is. Um, but, you know, for Jonah, he heard this word from the Lord, and he knew it was from the Lord, but there's a but. And it's verse 3. It says, but Jonah rose to flee <laughs> to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And so Jonah gets clear, like, here's what you should do. Here's what, here's what I want you to do, not what you just should do, but here's, here's my plan for you. Here's what I'm going to have you do. And instead of doing that, Jonah just straight up, like, turns and goes the other way. He runs. It says he flees. He flees. And, 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 you know, and I think it's easy for us to look at this and kind of go, oh, jo I mean, jo I wouldn't do that. Jonah did that, but I wouldn't do that, you know. But, the, I mean, the truth is, is this is us. This is us every day of the week. Every day of the week, we, we make some decision along the way in the day that we know something we shouldn't do, but what do we do? We're like, oh, well, you know, it won't matter. We'll let that one ride, you know. Jonah flees, he runs, he finds another boat, and he takes it to another place. Verse 4, it says this, it says, But the Lord hurled, I love this, by the way, the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid. And each cried out to his God. You see, you see how that's written right there. So they're, they're all like whoever, whoever they're worshiping at the moment, whether it's like the, the gold cow God or the, you know, whatever, you know, God, the, you know, I want to catch the biggest fish God or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of fishermen around at that time, so I'm just kind of going with it. You know, but it says, you know, they prayed, they cried out to, their, to his God, each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God, perhaps the God, 
will give a, give a thought to us that we may not perish. Some of you this week, when you're trying to wake your kids up, get them ready for school, that's, you're going to call them that, aren't you? Wake up, sleeper. This is, this is a picture of something going on that um, I think is important for us to see. I think it's important for us to recognize and remember that our decisions have consequences at times. And I, and I, think, I think that we're sometimes so oblivious to that that we really believe, oh no, it really doesn't matter if I choose sin this time. If I choose something else over God this time. And, and look, I, I'm not the guy, and I just spent two weeks at least talking about, you know, don't buy into legalism, and it's not about doing things out of guilt, and it's still not about doing things out of guilt. God does not want us to seek Him out of feeling guilty, you know. Uh, I definitely don't want you to do that. He wants us to seek Him and to love Him and to know Him because we recognize the uh, the, great, the great thing that he has done for us, the great sacrifice that he's made for us in sending Jesus for us. But there's this element, too, that we just have to know and understand that God is very fully aware of the world, and when he's given purpose for us in this world, that we might follow him in something and do something, that, that when we turn our backs on him, and we say, you know, well, I'm going to do it my way, God. Forget the plan that you had. There's probably going to be a consequence. Now, it may, be, may not be like the biggest consequence in the world. Maybe it's not God is hurling a tempest at the sea, a great wind at the sea, you know. Maybe, maybe it's not that today. But maybe it's something that affects people around us still in some way, shape, or form. Maybe, maybe it's just the fact that that it's not who we are needing to be in the moment to be used by God in the lives of other people around us. I mean, let's, let's just take it for that. Let's just take it for that. I mean, that's, if nothing else, we see that in the story of Jonah. We see, we see a guy who turns his back on God in, in not going to minister and speak to a group of people who God has obviously told him to go and see, and instead of doing that, he's going and doing something else. And what ends up happening is that it not only ends up affecting Jonah, it ends up affecting all these people around Jonah. And so all these people in the boat, they're all scared to death to the point of what are they doing? Each cried out to his God. And, they're, and they hurled their cargo into the sea. So now they're scared, they're scared to death and probably talking about some pretty, you know, Amazing, like, dude-type dudes here, okay? And then they're scared to death to the point that now they're, now they're throwing everything that they've got with them into the sea. Do you think that that's the way they started out this journey thinking this was going to go? I mean, this is like, you know, Gilligan's Island on another level, you know? The, the journey on the ship is not going the way that they thought, and to the point that now they're throwing everything that they had with them in the sea. I mean, you know, when folks traveled at that point in time, they didn't have a whole lot to begin with. Just imagine, like, you know, what little you did have, and in that moment going, well, we just, we're just going to have to get rid of everything and just throwing it. Everybody's just throwing everybody else's stuff overboard. Like, we're going to throw everything but the people off this boat in hopes that we can survive, right? Yeah. 
The captain comes to him. He's asleep down below, heavy sleeper. The captain comes to him and says, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise. Call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give us a thought, a thought to us that we may not perish. And in verse 7 it says, And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on, on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where did you come from? What is your country, and what people are you? So they come to Jonah. You know, it becomes obvious to them. They, they do this little thing, you know, casting lots, drawing straws, so to speak here, okay? And, and Jonah gets the short straw, and through this, they have determined that it must be on Jonah, and they're like, Jonah, you know, we don't really know you, bro. What's going on? Like, you know, what's your story? Like, why are you here? What, what, where's this evil coming from? What's this? And in verse 9, he begins to explain it, and it says, And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Don't think that that's not going to feed into their, their fear a little bit in the moment. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So at this point, you know, I guess when he was boarding the ship or they've, you know, been cooking s'mores or something, I don't know what they're doing, but hanging out and talking, he's already, he's already told them, you know, I'm, I'm, fe- I'm fleeing my God. In verse 11, it says, Then they said to him, What shall we do to you? that the sea may quiet down for us. For the sea grew more and more temptuous. And he said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. And the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not but they could not for the sea grew more and more temptuous against them so here here we've got this picture Jonah Jonah realizes what's going on he knows this is because of him he knows that it's his unfaithfulness that has gotten them into this situation and to the point that he's looking at them and he's like look you guys are going to have to throw me in the sea. You guys are going to have to throw me in just like you had to throw the cargo in. You got, it's, it's my turn now. You've got to throw me in, and that's the only way to save yourselves. And they hear Jonah say that, but what do they do? They immediately begin to row. They're like, no, 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 no. That, we're not doing that. Like, we don't want your blood on our hands. We just, we just want to get out of this. Let's just, let's just row real hard, right? I mean, this is... this. Folks, this is us, right? Like, we get ourselves into situations, right? We get, our, get ourselves into these crazy situations in life, and the next thing we do, what are we doing? We're like, we just need to row harder. We just got to row harder. We got to work harder. We got to, you know, and, and we do, and we just, you know, buckle down and just get after it and just go for it, you know? <laughs> all the while, all the while, 
most of the time when that's happening in our lives, God's just kind of over here going, hey, woo-hoo. hey, hey, you over there, I'm, I'm here, I'm here, come, won't you come talk to me about this? Won't you come talk to me about this? I'm as guilty of this as anybody. I find myself stewing over something, something with somebody else that affects maybe what's going on with, you know, things financially for my family or whatever, and it's part of the business or, you know, whatever it is. And, it's, and it ends up being something I, I have zero control over. But it is 100% affecting us. And then it's like, I'll be riding down the road and I'll be stewing over it and I'll be getting hot and bothered. What am I going to do? I'm going to put that dude in the headlock and make him do what I need him to do or, you know, whatever it is, you know, all these things. And, and then it's like, boom, little light goes off. It's like, oh, huh. I could pray about it. I could take this to the Lord right now. I could lay this at his feet right now and ask for him to intervene, for him to work, for him to do something. You know, I, I can, and, and I could sit, we don't have time, we could sit and I could tell you stories of how God has done that in my life. And, and folks, I can just tell you, it's not a story of Chris's faithfulness, of like God and him seeking God. It's a story of Chris being stupid and, and finally waking up eventually to, oh my gosh, I need to seek the Lord with this. And then God's faithfulness to hearing those prayers and intervening and doing amazing things. I feel like that's the story of my life. Be stupid, remember Jesus, see God work. It's amazing how simple it is. Go back to verse 13. It says, nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land. And what's it say? But they could not. But they could not. Folks, we can't do it on our own. We absolutely cannot do it on our own. To convince ourselves otherwise is believing a lie from the pit of you know where. We can't do it alone. These guys came to a point, and I'm going I'm to go out on a limb here and say that these guys probably knew how to row a boat. And if they decided to row a boat, I probably would have been on a boat with them if I was needing to get somewhere that they could have done it. But here in this moment, they recognize they could not. There comes a moment in our life, in everybody's life, who hears the gospel who comes to the realization that they cannot do it on their own and that they need Jesus. That moment came for me when I was 14 years old. And I, I, had, I had grown up in church. And I, you, guys, you guys have been around. You've heard me tell these stupid stories. You know, I, I, was, I was at church so much because my dad's a pastor. I was at church so much. It's like in the summertime, you're just sitting around boards like, I'm going to find something to do. I'm going to get that paper clip and learn how to pick locks. And you just go pick locks. I mean, just something, there's something to do. You know, let's go, you know, you get tired of playing basketball or whatever it is. You know, at least we had a basketball goal, you know. But I had gotten to the point that I believed that 
my faith was valuable because I grew up as a Christian. I believed that my faith was in the fact that my dad was a pastor and all these things, and I was a good person, whatever, that I had gotten baptized, that I had prayed a prayer. But somewhere along the way, when I was 14 years old, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like God said, Chris, you know a lot about me, but you don't know me. You don't have a relationship with me. There comes a point where we realize that we cannot. It says, And the sea grew more and more temptuous against them. Verse 14, Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood for you. O Lord, have you done as it pleased you? So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Basically, like in this moment, like they are so stinking scared to death of what's going on that they are realizing, oh my gosh, like this, like, like we were praying to our gods, but this guy's God, it he is the God. He's the one that we need to be praying to, the one that created the sea, the one that created the land and the air. That's the one that we need to be praying to, to the point that they're, I mean, they're, you know, repenting, they're offering sacrifices, they're making vows. <laughs> I was watching this documentary uh, about, uh, it's called The Shot Heard Around the World. This is baseball from 1951. Most of you would care less about it, and that's okay. Uh, but uh, I was watching this, and you know, one of the one of the things about this, the whole the whole deal is, it was a game. It was a not a game, but just a series of games, uh, uh, National League series. Uh, at that point in 1951, had come down to uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants, and talking about, I mean, like some incredible names that were a part of those teams. And so I love getting to hear the history behind some of that kind of stuff. And and the whole thing ends up being decided at the end by, by one guy who hits this home run called Shot Heard Around the World. Around the world. And, and, and so, but in, in the middle of this, you know, they're interviewing these guys who, are, who were there during that time and even grew up in the city. I'll never forget, one of the guys they interviewed was this guy, and he was just talking about how he was, he was walking down the street and how he was, you know, he was like walking and, 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 he, was, and he was hearing from people's houses and stuff over the radios, like this game being played, and, and he realized that, and he was a big, he's a Dodgers fan, and he realized that as he was walking, you know, when after he started walking, they started winning. Well, he got it in his head, if he just kept walking, maybe, maybe he just had to keep walking, and they would keep winning, so he wouldn't, you know, jinx the game or whatever, you know. And so he's doing this, and he said, and, and so then he says, you know, he says, so I'm, I'm, I'm telling God, I'm, I'm, I'm making deals with God at this point. I'm like, look, I, you know, if you'll, just, if you'll just let them win, if you'll just let them win, I, I won't stop walking and, and I'll be good to my parents and, you know, and I'll, I'll, never, I'll never cheat on a test again. And, you know, of course, he's talking about like from, you know, he was a kid, you know, at that point in time, you know. And then he's, you know, he's making these vows with God. I think honestly what we're seeing here 
is we're seeing a movement of God in the lives of these guys. Like, man, it would be awesome. It'd be awesome to have the documentary, even if it was just interviewing the guys that were in the boat. Even if we didn't get firsthand from, you know, from Jonah himself, like on video, you know, but to have heard from some of those guys, like what really happened. Did they walk away like from that day for the rest of their lives believing in this God to be the God, this Hebrew God that they had heard about from Jonah to be their God? Did they adopt? And I, and I have a feeling that they did. I mean, how could you not? How could you not? Like, they almost lost their lives. And in this moment, this guy looks at them and he says, look, you know, throw me into the sea. I'm the one in sin. I'm the one that's turned my back on God. Throw me into the sea and everybody else will be saved and it'll be fine. And then they finally do it and he's right. And isn't that the story of our salvation? That God the Father would send Jesus to be thrown into the depths on our behalf? Isn't that what God did for us? There's one more verse to this chapter, and I don't want it to escape us because it sets us up for next week. Verse 17, it says, And the Lord appointed, appointed, okay? Appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Appointed here is the first of four uses, according to the SV Study Bible. It's the first of four uses of a point that underscore God's sovereign control over creation. So, there's any question within this of like, you know, all this fish just happened to show up or God was involved with this and wanted this to go down this way, this is appointed. Like God said, yeah, I'm sending the fish for Jonah. I'm not ready for him to go to shore yet. This whole thing makes me think about moments in my life when I've run from God. And, and, and the truth is, I think that at some point, we've all run from God. I mean, that's, that's been a part of all of our stories at some point in time. We've all, we've all done it our way. We've all, you know, even if it's just some small sin or it's some like big thing. I got to tell you that <clears throat> when I first felt called to uh, be a pastor, uh, I ran from that. I ran from the call to ministry as a teenager. Finally, finally, finally gave into that, made that public, like let people know, so to speak, that I felt called to ministry. But I'll be honest with you, like even after I let people know I was called to ministry, like I ran from the call of ministry. Like ran from it so hard, I got into the music business. I worked for a label. You know, in fact, I got to have lunch with a guy that's in the music business here about a week ago and got to see one of my friends that I used to work with back in the day. Uh, such an awesome guy. And I told him that I've even quoted him during messages, which scared him to half to death, I think. Um, but, you know, all these things. And, and, you know, along the way, I, I just, I remember these moments where I just, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be my ministry over here. This is going to be my ministry over here. I'm not going to do the ministry that I think I'm really called to do. I'm going to, you know, try to do my own thing. 
and, and so run, you know, run away from God and what? Towards something else. That's, that's the story. That's usually the way it goes. And then, and so then finally, you know, finally there was a moment, I don't have time for the story, but finally there was a moment where I just knew God was impressing me, like, Chris, you've you got to walk away from this. And he kind of gave me an easy out, and, and I took it, and, and, and so became a youth pastor, was a youth pastor for about nine years, and then, you know, started feeling called to be a pastor, a lead pastor of a church, and to start a church, and that, and that just scared the willies out of me. And I, I'll be honest, like, I, from the time that I first thought that that might happen to the time that I spoke, I spoke about it in the moment to Ben when, that first, when I thought that first might happen, and I did not speak of that again for almost a full year. Almost a full year. Like, was just like, kind of walked away from that, was like, uh, let's just pretend that didn't happen. This... <laughs> This youth ministry thing's going pretty good. Let's don't mess this up, right? We've all run from God. We've all run from Him calling us to do things. But I think specifically the thing that we see here in this passage is we see God doing something that we see Him do throughout Scripture. And I cannot teach this passage without not making mention of it. And it's this. It's that God is calling Jonah to a people. He's calling Jonah to a people. Folks, he will call us to a people. We see it over and over and over again in Scripture. He calls us to a people. Who's your people? Who's the people that God is calling you to? And more than likely, it's the people that are like in your life. These people, these, a lot of them are really dysfunctional, messed up, crazy people that you're like, God, oh, Chris, there's no way I... No way, you know, I can like talk to them or have any influence on them. Listen, no. No. God has put you in their life on purpose. And here's the truth is any time that I have run from God in something that He has called me to do, and I have plenty of times, those are the points in my life that when I look back on them that I was absolutely miserable. Miserable. And in the moments of my life when I'm pursuing God and He's leading me and we're rewriting some story that I really don't have hardly anything to do with and it doesn't look anything like the plan that I had for my life, those are the moments of life that I love. I mean, it's so simple. And we just have to be reminded that God has a plan. And we go, well, I got different plans, right? But his is the best. And man, if we go back to that, remember that little quote I read at the beginning, the idea of, of, hum, of humbling ourselves, being willing to submit. If we just be willing to submit, now I'm not saying just be okay with it, but like humble ourselves to it and go, God, if this is what you got, then I'm going to go for it. Not just like, okay, God, I mean, if this is really what, this is really what you want right now, okay, I guess we'll just... I'm going, to ride, I'm going to ride it out, see where it goes, God. You know what I mean? Like we can have kind of like this attitude about it of like, you know, oh, it's not what I wanted to do, God, but here we go. you got a plan, you know, kind of thing. But like really submit to it, not just be okay with it, but like allow God to work in our lives and work through us. 
It's hard. It's not easy. Jonah gets it eventually. I'm thankful that he does. And there's more to it, and we'll get back to that next week. But I think a couple things worth noting for us this morning is that Jonah kind of has a similar story to Jesus in that he was doing fine. He was doing well for himself. Then God called him to do something. This makes us nervous, right? We're doing well. God calls us to do something in the middle of doing well. I, I, I was fine being a youth pastor. Was, God, I'm doing your ministry. I'm doing your work. Don't, 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 don't need the troubles I've seen my dad deal with over his life. I don't want it. Don't want anything to do with it. They both were in good places. Jonah and Jesus both were in good places, but God moved them both to do a work, a painful work, a work that caused had a, had a call for sacrifice, both facing ridicule, both facing death. But there would be only one way out. For the guys on that boat who realized that they couldn't do it, for those guys, their way out was Jonah had to be sacrificed to the sea. For all of creation to have salvation, it would be that the Lord God the Father would send His Son to sacrifice Him on our behalf on the cross to take the death that we deserve. That all who would believe in Him could not just be saved from death, but be brought new life. That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. John 20, 21 says this, says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Folks, we are called. We are called now, sent now. Not just when we get ready to go on the mission trip. This is the mission trip. We're on the mission trip. If you need an itinerary of what you should bring and what to leave at home, I can print one out for you. Consider it like your doctor's pastor's note or something, you know? But this is the mission trip. We're on it now. And God is filling our lives with people nonstop. Some of them, some of them are great. Some of them don't even like us. Some, some of them, some of them have just talked smack about us like non-stop the entire time we've known them. Right? And Jesus saying, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so, I am sending you. You go. You go. And so, here's what I want us to do. I want us to take a minute and pray. And first of all, if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, I want you to understand something. You know, Jonah got to be a part of saving those guys on the boat by them throwing him in, but that was God's plan. That was God's plan for that. It really wasn't Jonah. 
And the same goes for us that we're not saved by what we can do. We are saved by what Jesus has done. If you trust in him and believe in him. And, 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 and if you're at a place today where you've never trusted, you've never believed, I would love, we would love to pray with you, talk to you after service, whatever we need to do to help you with that, even during communion, whatever. We would love, we would love that. Just pray with you, help you with that. I want us to take a moment to just pray and ask God to help us in seeing what he's calling us to right now. Is he calling you to a people? Who are those people? Will you you be willing to just take a couple of minutes with me and just seek the Lord and let's pray for some of those people and let's pray about what God is doing in your life as well. let's, Let's just bow our heads and let's just pray together. I'm gonna kind of give you some moments and prompts, if you will, some things to maybe just pray and ask the Lord about. I think, first of all, appropriately in prayer, we thank God first. Thank God for who he is and what he's done in your life right now. You may thank him for Jesus. You may thank him for providing for you. You may thank him for the people he's put in your life. If you dare, ask the Lord, who is it that he's calling you to? Ask him to put those people, put their faces in front of you, their names on your heart. God, who are you calling us to? Maybe pray for the relationships that you have in your life, your spouse or friends, brothers, sisters, parents, children, possibly a future spouse, if that's on your heart. Maybe pray for your family right now. Pray for our church that it would be the family that it needs to be, that God wants it to be, the light that God has called us to be.
God, I pray. We come to you, Lord, just Lord, first of all, just how amazing you are. God, we don't deserve your love. We don't deserve your grace. We don't deserve your mercy. We certainly didn't deserve Jesus. But God, we thank you. God, we do pray. We do pray for who you're calling us to right now. God, we pray that you would put their faces and their names on our hearts, God, in a way that we can't escape. God, I pray that you would put some of them in front of us this week. God, I pray that they would see you and us when we are together with them. God, we pray for all the things that we need that you would provide and do all those things. God, if you're moving us into something different in life right now, God, I pray that we wouldn't be afraid of it. and God, that we would run to it instead of away. God, help us to see our calling now. God, help us to see the people that you've put in our lives now. The tasks now. God, help us, Lord, to be faithful to you in being your church. God, use us for your glory. God, thank you for what you've done through your son. It's in his name we pray all of it. Amen.